shame on us if we think we are, we're living in the mully grubs and things aren't so great. Shame on us because we've lost the sight of where we used to be and where we are right now. Shame on us that we have forgotten the journey that we have taken and where God's taken us from one place to the other place. Shame on us if we begin to sit in a pool of self-pity and feeling sorry for ourselves. I say, children of God, it's not a time to sing a song of, of the woes and the blues. It's a time that the children of God rise up and begin to glorify the God who is able, the God who loves us and cares for us. Can I get a witness this morning? Turn your neighbor and say, he is so good to me. I can't tell you of all the goodness he has shown me in my life. Do you have all night long, all day long, and the next day so I can begin to tell you of the goodness of God and what he has done for me? And some of you, I've seen your low times, and I see where you are now. Look what God has done. Some of you have wept and cried and prayed, Oh God, oh God, if you could just do this, and he has done it. Are you not, and should you not celebrate for what he has done and how he's working in your life? We've forgotten all the prayers that God has answered in our life. We've forgotten uh, how far he's taken us and where we are now. If you're going to look back, it's okay to look back. Not with a longing in your heart that you may lust after the things what used to be. No, but you take a good glance back and you see the mess and the brokenness and where you and I used to be in and now where we are now. How there is food on our table. There's a roof over our head. There's health in our bodies. There's a song in our heart. There's hope for the future and strength for the present. Our God is a great God. And isn't our God good? He is good. Hallelujah. The flames of hell are enough to convince anyone they ought to be a Christian. But God in his greatness and his goodness is even far reaching than the fear of the flames of hell. For the goodness of God has explained to me that I can live this life and I can do what I can do through him. That it's not up to me. It's not depending on my ingenuity, my mind, and my thinking, and my physical body. For the Lord is able to do great things in my life. Uh, oh, the goodness of God draws me to a place of repentance. The goodness of God draws me to a place of searching. The goodness of God draws me to a place of rejoicing and worship and glory unto God. The goodness of God his goodness his goodness his goodness hallelujah hallelujah glory to God you all can sit down for a moment bless your heart I know you're tired no you're not you the fire of God in you you're not tired Greg, I saw sparks coming out of his fingers playing that guitar this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to exhort for a few moments here. I, I, I don't want to change the flow of God and what God's doing, but I also got a reason that I've come this far with you today. Let me just go to some scripture real quickly. You don't have to mess with life. Just leave it where it's at. I may tell you to change in just a moment. Praise the Lord. Turn to someone next to you and say, the Lord is here.
Genesis 11, 31 through 32. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot and the son of, son of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarai and his son Abram's wife. And they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. Continuing on, chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house into a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Oh, my goodness, what a reversal. What a reversal many times we call, oh, God, help me, God, help me. But did you know the blessings of God can fill your life where you become a blessing? You may be the answer of prayer to somebody else. Because God's favor and his blessing. Let me go on. And he said, I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. According to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 7, Stephen mentions that Abram's promise was given while he was still in Ur of the Chaldeans. It's an area occupied by the Babylonian Empire. He was a heathen. He was a heathen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I used to be a heathen. What happened to you? I'll tell you what happened to you. What happened to you? Somebody, you came in contact with somebody. Somebody reached out to you. Somebody reached out to you. I'm not talking about a flesh and blood body. I'm talking about a God in heaven. That God, when he looked at you, he had when he looked at you and I, he has a blessing in mind and a plan that was planned long before we ever left Babylon. A plan promised from the one who holds the future. See, you and I, we get fed up with sinners. We get aggravated with sinners. We get impatient with sinners. We get, I mean, we avoid sinners. I'm, you know what I'm talking. I'm talking about the, the great variety kind. You know, the, the sin, 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 sinner. You know, the ones who are bound in sin to those who cause problems and those who have issues and those that, that have a weighted down life and situations where we feel like, oh my Lord, there's nothing that's ever going to help them. There's no way out for them. Sometimes we're, we're willing to give up, but there's a God who is not willing to give up. When he looks at us, he didn't, he didn't look at you like a, some low down sinner. He looked at you and said, I got a promise for them. I got a blessing for them. They're still in Babylon area and they're still worshiping the God sin which is the which is the God the moon God Abraham Abram and his family worshiped the moon God sin and so God said I know they're still messing around with sin but I got a blessing for them I got a blessing and promise for him I know I'm going to do something in him I'm going to do something great in him and I want you to know God looked at you a long time ago in your sinful state, in our low state. And God said, I'm going to do something with them. I'm going to take them somewhere. I'm going to bless them. I got a promise. I got a future. They don't see it, but I can see it. And I know it can happen. And it will happen. Praise God. What, a, what an advantage we have in life with God. Oh, boy, that, there you go, the goodness of God. But our advantage doesn't come from, you know, other people. Our advantage comes from above. Our blessing comes from above. 
Our source comes from above. The psalmist said, he said, I think in Psalm 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from when cometh my help. Oh, he said, wait a minute. No, no, no. I, I don't lift mine eyes unto the hills from when cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's, it's above the natural realm. It's above even the mountains that we admire and the tall trees and pines and, and the cedars of Lebanon. We, we look and see how beautiful they are. But he's even higher than, he's higher than Mount Everest. We look higher than Mount Everest. We look into the sky. We look toward heaven. We know that God is the source and our source comes from above. I love that. I love that a lot because usually most of the uh, sources I've turned to on this planet, they usually have limits. They'll say, well, I'll take you so far and I'll help you so much, but I can't really. It's kind of like sitting on the phone trying to get some type of uh, tech assistance with some device you have. You go and call and someone answers the phone and they say, hello, this is Peggy. And you know you're not even talking in the United States. You're talking across the world somewhere. There's some individual that really doesn't care and has trouble speaking English and you're trying to find out some information from a device that you don't even know how in the world you can fix it or get it straight and then they want to take you step-by-step process and you have to do it. You know, that's the kind of service we get today. Is it, it used to be, you know, I remember when I bought a Gateway computer for the first time. My wife ordered them. We put them in the office. And Gateway had them delivered. Gateway had tech service. Gateway had all, it was all ready. You plugged it in. It's ready to go. But now, well, some of you look around and say, who's Gateway? You know. <laughs> now, then it progressed. It digressed to a place that when you called, they let you take the computer apart tell you how to do it. You spend three or four hours on them on the phone years ago trying to work it out. Then finally, they, they, they just don't even answer the phone. But when it comes down to God, oh my goodness, he looks at us and says, you know what? I'm not going to fix you. I'm going to make you new. I'm not going to let you deal with some old used parts that's going to give you problems further down the road. No, I'm going to send you something new. I'm going to make you something new. And you're not going to be busy trying to fix it, whatever. Why? Because you set your affections on things above and not on earth. And the service that God gives, let me tell you, it is ultimately good. And, and God fulfills his word. And by the way, he keeps his word. hurry God has a blessing in mind and plan long before we leave Babylon a plan promise from the one who holds the future we just need to stop worshiping the moon god sin which Adam or Abram used to worship and worship which can be defined as the follow the one true God he decided I'm not going to follow after the falsehood or sin. I'm going to follow after the one who contacted me, who is the one true God. He went home, told his family. God talked to him. Guess what, folks? We're going to do something totally culturally radical and crazy. It's out of the box. It's out of the norm to leave your homeland and to leave your father's house and to move to a place and ask, where are we going, Abram? Well, I'll tell you, I don't really know, but we'll know when we get there. 
God's made a promise where we don't see it, but he told me, and what he told me, I know it's true. Listen, you just got to believe in me. The Bible says he went on, and evidently his father must have went along with it because God had called Abram his household, but we read in scriptures in chapter 11, Genesis, that his father went with him along with some others. And they went, and they went as far as they left. They got as far as Haran, and then things stalled. You know, sometimes you and I know that God's plans for us sometimes doesn't necessarily, we don't necessarily get the full support from family. Family's good for vice, sometimes good, not so good sometimes. And so here is he, he is there for Haran, there for five years, trying to, I don't know, maybe his father was ill, it could be something that, that slowed him down there, they was ill and had to wait for his father to die. He did eventually die, maybe that's the reason why he stayed there, but he stayed there five years, five years of waiting in Haran. Do you know what Haran means? Haran means crossroads. So there Abram was there in the crossroads waiting there in Haran, waiting, looking out toward Canaan and the promise that God had given him, but he just every day looked out there and probably felt discouraged and down and, and listened to everything he had to do and trying to take care of matters and trying to please everybody else. Listen, God's got a plan for you. It may not include everybody else. God's got a plan for you. It may not include everybody in your household. Your family may say, oh, you preaching? Oh, my goodness. That surely can't have you. Are you sure you got the right number and the right one talk to you about you being called to preach? Are you sure you know what you know? What, 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 what? Oh, what, what, what going on a mission trip? You know, wait a minute now. You know, they're kind of crazy in that country, you know, and they're not like America. You know, they don't even eat the same foods we eat. They, they may have a McDonald's, but you got to be in the city before you have a McDonald's. McDonald's is everywhere. McDonald's is everywhere. Just like, I don't know if, if Croc felt like he had a calling to everybody go everywhere, but God's called us to go everywhere and to be everywhere. But sometimes your family can slow you down. Sometimes they want to give you a good sage advice. Sometimes they want to talk you out of something. Sometimes they, they want to tag along, but they slow you down. And sometimes they're just a negative influence. Can I get an Amen. Don't worry, don't worry. Maybe that loved one's not here with you. I'm not sure. If that loved one is here with you. You need to make up and make things right. Oh, somebody say amen. Come on. I want you to know, I'm going to say this. I've done too many funerals in my life. Well, I've seen regrets. Regrets for someone passing away because somebody too stubborn to make up and make up and make, make up and make things right. Pride comes before a fall. God wants to, he said, but if we'll humble ourselves, he'll exalt us in due season. So that's just a little snippet of word right there. Now, he promised, God's promised to Abram that he would father a great nation of people. He would have God's blessing rest upon him and his descendants. And he would be blessing to the nations of the world. Let me tell you how God operates. If you're wanting God to bless you, you better make sure that it's a blessing that includes others besides just you. That's how God operates. I know we think a lot about ourselves, and I really do worry about myself, 
But the thing is, God's blessing is supposed to come in us and flow out of us. And he's intending to bless nations. I want you to know God has called you to be a blessing to nations and to others and people around you. He'll bless you and what will happen that if you start giving out and blessing, he'll keep pouring into your life. But the moment when it becomes singular and just about you, it's going to stop. So let it be about others also. Include others. Here he is. Haran is a crossroads of choice. It's a crossroads of choice between obedience and disobedience. Haran is a choice of family on one side and God on the other. Haran is wrestling between the flesh and the spirit. Haran is a crossroads. It's a battlefields of dreams and realities. Haran is a land between old habits and hope. And my desire this morning, as I prayed and sought God about this message, is I want this message to be a message of hope. A message of hope. You got a lot of things beating you down. A lot of things seem to be mounting up against you. God wants you to have hope this morning. Hope is the launching pad of your faith. If you don't have any hope, you, you certainly ain't going to have any faith. faith. Hope is the substance of things hope for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We hope for it. We believe it's a launching pad of our faith. We have hope. We know. We are to be the most hopeful people in the world. We are to be the most positive people in the world. We are to be the most, the type of people everybody in the world wants to get around because we have so much hope that they come up around you and say, you know what, there's something about you. I just want to get around you. You know what it is? It's hope. It's hope that we haven't gone. Hope in him. I, I, I can't go through the whole message, but I want to talk about that promise. Um, Abram's journey was, boy, it was like a soap opera. It was like soap opera from chapter 11 and 12 at the beginning when he left to when he finally reached chapter 15. It was like, man, there are a lot of stuff going on, a lot of crazy stuff. How many here knows crazy stuff happens in your life? You know, things just happen. Things happen in your life, and, and, and it's... It, it's not always, the, the path is not always clear and straight. Sometimes there's, a, there's some curves and some ways going. But, but the thing is, is that you've got to believe in the promise and know that the promise of the Lord is for all of us. I'm not going to talk about the obstacles he ran into, but you'll find out between those chapters that there was something great about it. Every time he reached disappointments and slowdowns, then there was God. See, that's how God operates. He doesn't leave you out there hanging. He comes to see you if you're looking for him. You know? Hey, it's kind of like this, you know. I have people send me emails, but if I don't ever check my emails, I'll never know if they sent me one. I say emails because I've got presently about 1,200 emails right now. And I hate going through emails. I go more deleting than ever reading any emails. But the fact is that we won't ever know unless we're listening to God. And Abram listened to God. Because there were times in those chapters also that he went and built an altar. And, and that he sought the Lord. I'm not going to go into all the details I plan on doing, but I'm not going to this morning. But let's go to Genesis 15, 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. You know, after things was, he just blessed Melchizedek. 
in turn. You just go back and read it for yourself. How many here will do that this, this afternoon? Go on and read those other chapters. Will you do that? If you don't, I'm going to preach them to you. It's a threat. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. But that's the thing. That's the solution right there. After these things, there's God. Anybody, has any, anyone ever experienced that before? After these things, this stuff and all hell breaking loose, all of a sudden, there's God. <laughs> Some of you should have lost your mind a long time ago. You decided to lose your mind, but in the, in the good way. You lost your mind to God. You handed the flesh over to God and said, no, God, my thoughts are going to be your thoughts. I'm going to concentrate on you, God. Amen. How many here want to be Jesus freaks this morning? Some of you from that generation, you know what I'm talking about. Just totally sell out to God and listen to him. When everything else is going, though, hell is breaking out all around you. It doesn't matter because there's God. There's God that's always shown away and giving us a word and giving us assurance and reminding us of the promise. We're trying to get there. Glory to God. Let me go on here. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your exceeding great reward. Oh, my gosh. Can I preach for about two hours on that, please? He said, he said I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Oh, man, what a, what a great introduction. That's exactly who he is. Can somebody raise your hand and raise your hand and say, yeah, that's who God, he is my, he is my shield and my exceedingly great reward. <laughs> glory to God, glory to God. Yeah, you sense that anointing, don't you? All you have to do, maybe you ought to leave this place and just start saying that everywhere. Oh, God, he is my shield and my exceeding great reward. Somebody come and insult you or turn you down or suddenly make you become disappointed. Just say, the Lord is my shield and my exceeding great reward. And say it with a smile. Oh, glory to God. I, I know I'm getting looks like, Pastor, you're really kind of extreme, aren't you? Since when is this Christianity flows around and goes along with the status quo? It doesn't. You're serving a God you've never seen. You're believing in one who you've never seen but believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead. And you cried out to him to forgive you of your sins and supernaturally the spirit of God moved in you and regenerated you and made you a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Something miraculous happened inside of you. Something radical. Something clearly out of the box. Don't you think we ought to live that way? Act that way? Flow that way? Hallelujah. No, we want to keep up with the nominal Christians. You go ahead, but I'm going to embarrass you. Now, I've been in those meetings. I've been in those assemblies of those ministers. And they're scared that suddenly I'm going to jump up and start speaking in tongues in the middle of the meeting. Not because of me, but they just think we're just out of the box. That's okay. It's okay to be out of the box as long as you're in the book. That's all that matters. I took that from Jensen Franklin. I wish it was an original, but it wasn't. Give him credit. Thank you, Jensen. Amen. Let me go back to Scripture. We got to close. Somebody here is really hungry. 
Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, which meant that he was his chief servant. And in that culture and time, chief servant would get the inheritance if there wasn't a son or inheritance in the house, a child. Then it would pass down that way. Oh, but God, and it says here, Abraham said, or Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside. And he said, God took him outside. He says, Look now toward heaven somebody say above look now toward heaven that's looking above would you guys turn the lights off Trent would you come and turn off the colored lights and Pastor Michael would you hit the domes or arches I brought this out before you that you may look up and see. God took Abram outside of the tent. See, that might be where your problem is. You've been hanging in the tent too long. And God wants you to see something on the outside. And he went out and he looked up and the Bible says, he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. In other words, God says, Abraham, Abram, if you want to, go ahead and just start counting the stars. You know that's impossible. But he's thinking he had the great picture that he needed to see that it's beyond him and above him. Let me tell you, your God is beyond you and above you, and your promise is beyond you and above you. And your God who will provide it. Would you stand with me, everyone? Just stand where you're at. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And Abram believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. We need to go out of our tent. We need to look up and see the stars. What about stars? Well, stars seem to be so, there's a permanence about them. They're there. There's, there are sailors who judge according to the stars and navigation and where to go the stars the permanence then there's a visual there there's so many stars God's saying listen it's a visual Abram for everyone to see what I'm able to do in your life and what I will do for you Every time I go out in the country, out here, and I step outside, and uh, it's a clear sky in the evening, I look out to the stars, and I see, and I know, God, let there be evidence of my faith in you. Lord, you bless me in a promise 
you bless my descendants, not only my household, but my children and the generations to come, God. You're faithful and you will provide. In other words, God says, Abram, these stars are out for everyone to see. And God tells us, he says, let me do something in you so I might be able to show you off. So the whole world may see and know that you have a promise in me. I'm here this morning because I want to give you hope this morning. The God that created all the universe is the God that says, I'm going to bless you. I'm your shield and your seating great reward. And I will bless you so you may bless others. And you're an heir of Abraham and the promise and his blessing according to the New Testament in Romans. And so therefore, I want you to believe in God. I want you to do something here. I want you now, if you guys would turn the arches back on and the colors. Do you need the lyrics back up on the screen? Turn the spots on. I'm going to ask you to get out of your tent. Some of you are really discouraged. You feel like you've been beat up. The Lord says, listen, I called you when I called you. I gave you a promise. And what I've promised you, I'm going to keep. Right. God is not a man that he should lie. So therefore, just believe in the promise that I've given you. This is what I want you to do. I want you, we have aisles and we have the frontier. I want you to step out. If you believe in God for his promise, that he's promised you, that you believe God is going to raise you up out of whatever you're dealing with and you're facing, and you're going to believe and hold on and know that he is your shield and your exceeding great reward, and that you believe his promises are true to you, I want you to do a motion here. I want you to step out from where you're sitting and step out into the aisle or up front here, but I want you to step out and say, I am stepping out of the tent and I'm moving out to behold the stars. Hallelujah. 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 I want you right now just to come out from your seat and just stand. This is just anyone, anyone right now, anyone, any child of God. So I'm going to step out into the promise of God. You can step up front, step out in the aisle, but I think you need to step away from your seat. If you're needing to say, God, I'm believing in you and trusting in you. I want to give another encouraging word to you. Did you know that you're not an, just an acquaintance of God? You're not just a neighbor of God. You're not just a citizen just of his right. kingdom. But the Bible says because Abraham believed righteousness was accounted to him, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And the book of James 2 and 23 says, and he was called the friend of God. How many here have friends? Raise your hands. Some of you not raising your hands. I'll pray for you. My mama told me in order to have a friend, you know what you got to do. You got to show yourself friendly. Okay? But a friend wants to be with you. A friend likes hanging out with you. 
A friend, there's a special bond there with a friend. And God says, Abraham, not only am I going to make you righteous and one of mine, but you're my friend. And God wants to hang out with us. When I think of heaven, I always look forward when I'm going. But what dawned on me is that God's looking forward to when I arrive. He wants me to be with him as much as I want to be with him. You are a friend of God. And your God is not going to let you down. Your God is not going to fail you. Your God is not going to forget you. You're a friend of God. I want you to sing this song. You know, it's a, it's a happy song. Because the best news I ever found out was my relationship I had with God. It's the best news going in my life. I'm a friend of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a friend of God. You might say, well, you don't like me so much, but God likes me. I'm a friend of God. I want you to sing this song and worship and lift your hands toward heaven and declare, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God.